Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Nicole Alfonso, a therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show about mental health and cancer care. With me today to discuss this interesting topic is Rebecca Barrios and Patricia Salo. Together, we want to share with you the stories of these two wonderful people and how they took care of themselves through their cancer journey. So stay with us. We've got some valuable information just for you. All right. Thank you, Rebecca and Patricia, for being here and uh, taking the time to share with us a little bit about your stories. Um, I'd like you to just take a few minutes to tell, tell us about yourselves and introduce yourselves to our listeners. My name is Rebecca. I am actually the programs and education manager at Wellspring Counseling. Um, I studied psychology, got a business minor, and the Lord's taken me on a journey of landing where I am at Wellspring. Um, and so I'm excited to share a little piece of that story today. Thank you, Rebecca. Patricia? Yeah, so hi, everybody. I'm a, a licensed mental health counselor at Wellspring. I've been with uh, Wellspring for about six years. I have a master's in mental health counseling and in pastoral ministry. And I am also here to share a little bit of my story today. Awesome. Two of our very own. Thank you both for um, stepping out and doing this. I think it's really um, special for others to listen uh, from people that have experienced um, cancer. So thank you both for being here. So we'll get started. What are the effects of being diagnosed with cancer um, overall in general and of course on, on your mental health? Yeah, um, getting a cancer diagnosis is absolutely life-changing um, and life-altering. I don't think anybody ever expects it. Um, it's one of those things that, no, that'll never happen to me. It's somebody else, you know, like another family is affected by it. Another, um, like kind of far off person may be affected by it. I mean, everybody's been affected by cancer in some way, but it feels like that'll never happen to me. And so, um, when I got diagnosed with, um, cancer, it was just completely life-changing and altering, um, and just shattered all of my expectations of what I thought life would look like in that moment in that time. Um, long story short, I struggled with symptoms for over a year without knowing that I had cancer. Um, I went to dermatologists and allergists and acupuncturists and no doctor could figure it out. And it wasn't until I was actually out at training for flight attending, um, cause I had gotten a job with United airlines and was planning to travel the world. Um, a couple other symptoms popped up, um, that just made, um, a cancer diagnosis, like just come to life or come to light. Um, and so by the time we caught it, I was stage four um, and was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma stage four. So I started treatment in January of 2019 and 2019 was a whole year marked of chemo and recovery. Um, and then I received the remission status in 2020. Um, but again, cancer diagnosis was just completely life-changing altering. Um, and so uh, it just shattered my expectations of what my life was going to look like. Um, there was a lot of loss. There was, um, I lost my dreams of traveling the world. I lost um, my independence. I had to move back home. I lost my hair on top of it and I even lost friends. Um, so in that way, it really took a toll on not just my physical health, but also my mental health. And so that was a major struggle for me. Wow. Yeah. So many things that are unknown 
And so many losses, like you mentioned, it's just like, you know, we, we sometimes think the big loss, but there's so many little ones right in, in there. Yeah. So Patricia, would you share a little bit about how um, this diagnosis of cancer has affected you? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I do want to say that uh, you'll see how my story and Rebecca's stories are pretty different. And so this, I don't think we're trying to cover all people that have cancer. Everybody's story is very different and personal. And, um, you know, having a diagnosis of a terminal cancer, I think would, would probably be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was diagnosed uh, mm-hmm. when I was 52. That was many years ago. Um, and it came about uh, from just a routine uh, blood work that I just did periodically for my physical uh, well check. And they noticed that my um, lymphocytes were going up. So they started monitoring it and they monitored it for about a year. And then one day I went to the doctor and he said, well, the good news is, uh, or the bad news is you have cancer. The good news is you have chronic lymphocytic leukemia. So that kind of shocked me. I don't know that there is ever any good news when you're told that you have cancer. I recalled going home, uh, driving home, just crying and trying to wrap my head around it. Of course, at that time, I went to the doctor by myself. I did not hear anything else that the doctor said. I had to call back the next day to find out exactly what was the next step. And so again, long story short, I lived with this cancer because it is a slow growing cancer. It's a blood cancer. And so I lived with it for almost eight years before I was actually able to get treated, um, which kind of was a bit of a surprise because you always think, well, they caught it early, you know, let's get the treatment. And um, that was not the case uh, with this cancer. So yeah, so I had chemo, I had uh, immunotherapy, you know, lots of ups and downs with all of that. Um, And this cancer does have a tendency to recur. And so currently it has come back. I was only in remission for about two and a half years. Um, I think living with cancer, um, you learn to really just appreciate the day, the moment. I think that's good mental health, really being present. I can't say I do it all the time, but definitely it changes the perception of your life uh, forever because we really, nobody really knows what tomorrow will bring. And this really just is, uh, you live with that. It's not something you think about. You just actually live with that. Well, thank you, Patricia. I think like you mentioned, every cancer story is different. So I do appreciate that, that you said that because um, it's very unique to everyone. And so the way you handle it or work through it is different. Um, But I know that um, both of you have leaned much more into your relationship with God. Um, Would you be able to share a little bit about how you endured this unknown of these diagnoses? Absolutely. I think one of the things that I held on to the most was my faith and my foundation in the Lord, um, because that's really what brought me hope 
in the middle of a diagnosis, um, in the middle of the unknown, as we mentioned, you know, like when you get a diagnosis and as Patricia mentioned, everybody's different. Um, the prognosis is different for everybody as well, but all those questions start circulating through your head. Like, what is my prognosis? What does treatment look like? Will I survive this? Um, and so all those big questions kind of start circulating. And so um, just finding that, like, I believe in a God who's big enough to handle these questions. Um, and I can take these questions to him, even though like, why, why me, God, you know, like, why right now? Why in this moment, you know, all those sorts of things that, I mean, I struggled with, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so it really gave, um, in a way, like the space to be able to wrestle with those questions with God, um, because I was in treatment for six months and often like sick, flat on my back in bed, it brought a lot of, um, time just to be in solitude. Um, and so that's where I like, just, I found myself relying on the Lord's strength. And I, I think one verse that kind of was, I had a theme verse for my journey, um, that just kept popping up even from, from friends and family who would say, Oh, I was thinking about you. And this verse came up, or, um, I think even my sister-in-law gave me this painting that she had done and put a, a verse on it. And it was just the same one over and over and over again. <laughs> Um, it was Exodus fourteen fourteen, and it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And that just brought a whole new meaning to that verse because I've heard it before. Um, but I was in this place of life where the only thing that I could be was still, because that was the only way to avoid like being more sick. I found that if I was in bed for three days, post chemo, post a um, infusion, then I would recover a little bit faster. And all I could do was be still, otherwise I would feel sick. And so knowing and, and looking back on what the Lord's brought me through too, is, is um, really seeing how the Lord was working things out and fighting on my behalf, just in little details um, throughout my journey. Well, all I could do was be in bed and be sick. Um, so yeah, definitely a foundation of faith and, and hope and, um, and God. And that was just brought um brought a fresh and, and new and during that journey too how about you patricia do you have a verse that that god spoke to you yes so you know when i look back i think um thankfully i i feel like i've always had a or for for a long time i've had a a good um a relationship with the lord and um, so I, you know, it's been a while, so I can't remember exactly like, what did I do except initially getting through the shock, you know, asking those questions like, well, what did I do wrong? What did I eat? What did I not eat? You know, just, and, you know, people would also ask certain questions that would kind of like, no, I, it, I didn't do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I I think I really started leaning into um, my faith and and God. And I do recall doing a devotional um, for a group um, right after my my treatment. And Romans 15, verse 13 through 15 really uh, stood out for me. Our hope comes from God. May he fill you with joy and peace because of your trust in him. May your hope grow stronger by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am sure you are wise in all things and full of much good. You are able to help and teach each other. I have written to you with strong words about these things. 
I have written so you would remember. And I, I just, you know, my trust in the Lord, uh, another really favorite verse of mine is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord. And I just, I just gave it all to, to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I just lived in the moment. I think like Rebecca, you know, you're trying to get through, especially when you're going through your treatment and every day is an unknown and you just have to go with it. You just have to go with it. But knowing that God had my back, that, I mean, I just, I get goosebumps just sharing this with you because that is definitely what got me through it. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then, of course, all the prayers that people were, were praying for me was also very helpful and supportive. Yeah. Amen to that. And it's like, God, you get to know God at a different level. I want to say, I mean, I've never experienced cancer, but it just seems like there's a depth to God that can only be seen and reached when you're in that place of complete surrender. I think that is what it is. It's just that surrender and letting go. And then that becomes, you know, a lesson for for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, yeah. if, if I surrendered this, I can surrender, you know, so much more. So. Yeah. It's a stone of remembrance in, in your life that continues to strengthen your faith for the future things to come. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, love that. Thank you both for sharing. So we're going to take a short break to thank one of our sponsors who makes the production of our podcast possible. When we come back, we'll hear more from Rebecca and Patricia about the emotional stages of going through cancer um, and treatment. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Nicole Alfonso. If you're just joining our show, our topic today is mental health and cancer care. So far today, we've talked about Rebecca's and Patricia's personal journey through cancer. I do want to say everybody's journey is unique and different. If you did join us late, you can find us on your favorite podcast channel on Wellspring on the Air or on our website blog page at wellspringmiami.org. Just search for this topic. Okay, so thank you both for sharing your personal stories and how faith was so strengthened in the moment of surrender during cancer. But now we want to talk a little bit about the emotional stages, right? Because there is this emotional level of um, anguish in so many just ways. So would you share a little bit about that, those stages of cancer um, and how it impacts your mental health? Yeah. So uh, the emotional stages of cancer, um, oftentimes people will will feel distress, uh, anxiety, fear, depression, and these are all normal uh, throughout the the process of diagnosis as well as um, treatment. Uh, There are uh, some statistics that show that uh, one in three people with cancer experience an emotional or mental um, distress. Uh, 42% of breast cancer uh, survivors and uh, neck cancer survivors uh, experience this. And up to 25% of cancer survivors experience depression. 45%, that's almost, that's almost half of people with diagnosis will experience anxiety. Mm. And then um, we have the post-traumatic stress disorder where that's also often showing up with cancer uh, survivors. 
Uh, and these are statistics from the National Behavior Health Network. Um, we also have young people with, with cancer who have a higher incidence of suicide. So definitely cancer does affect people, regardless of whether you had a mental health issue before a diagnosis or after you were diagnosed. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if we just think like, you know, we tell people, you know, be strong and, you know, and, and it's just like, no, no, that's not, that's just not enough, right? I think um, it's important to talk about this mental health piece yeah. because it does affect, and I assume that there could also be even a possibility of the treatment itself, right? Um, like the medications used, right? The chemo, all those things also affecting how the brain is processing everything and, and having an actual an impact on your brain as well. So I think not only is it, wow, what's going to happen to my life, you know, but also that that piece of, of medication also could be um, impacting. So Rebecca, tell us a little bit about you. I know that um, you did go through some PTSD. Uh, would you share some of that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and kind of to your point too, chemo brain is a thing. And I experienced that full on, you know, like some memory loss that came with just the effects of the harsh chemo, not just on my body, but on my brain. And so that was another piece of the struggle, you know, and even having to deal with like, why can't I remember these things? And, and it's slowly come back, it's taken a bit. And sometimes I still blame some of my, oh, I forgot that. Oh, it's chemo brain, you know, <laughs> even though I'm a couple years out, you know? Um, but yeah, absolutely. The actual medications, and it really depends on, on what your um, like treatment and um, your plans are as far as uh, treatment that can have an effect on your mental health as well. Just like any other medications can really have an effect on your mental health as well. But um, yeah, I would say that in my kind of journey and experience that I really went into that fight, flight, or freeze mode, kind of how we like talk about a trauma response. And um, I would tell some of my friends who were like really good at just checking in on me, like, how are you doing? And I just couldn't almost answer that question for them because I was like, I just got to make it to the next chemo, got to get to the next thing, got to just, I can't think I just got to do, you know, I can't feel what I'm going through. I can't think really through what I'm going through and how life altering it has been in that moment. Now, looking back, I've been able to look at it and, and share more about it and see how changing it was. Um, but in those like six months of intense chemotherapy, I really was just make it to the next two weeks, um, make it to the next week where I'm feeling good, um, plan a plan a beach trip, plan a something to look forward to on the in-between. Again, that don't think just do. So that like fight mode, just we're going. Um, and kind of to uh, Patricia's point as well, anxiety is definitely a thing that I struggled with as well. Scanxiety is something within the chemo um. Um, cancer world that's been used a lot as well. Just whenever you're scheduled for scans, you know, I, you try and keep your brain not from going there, like what could pop up or maybe I'm not progressing as well as I should be. And yeah. um, I was even talking with my oncologist and he said, we're trying to like cut back on scans a bit because we know that's such a thing that um, cancer patients are struggling with. 
Um, because that's really also where you get your initial diagnosis. It's post a scan. And so you go in for a scan and, and you think you're all fine and you come out and you get these news or, or the news. And so, yeah, that's definitely another piece of the journey. And, and I was talking to Patricia the other day as well, that post treatment, and feeling healthy and, and good and strong. Um, there's still some little triggers and things that are times that just recall of that, um, those six months of being in treatment. Like even my mom wore a perfume during my time in treatment. And now every time I like smell her wearing that perfume, I cannot be in the same room as her, you know? And I'm like, mom, you have to get rid of that perfume. It's so pretty. It's your favorite, but I just want to not be around you when you are wearing it. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's those little things that like, oh man, those are signs and symptoms of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, even there's certain foods that I can't, I can't touch. And like cantaloupe, used to be my favorite can't touch that anymore you know so it's interesting now having the knowledge that I I do looking back and and realizing oh those are that that's my body like physically responding to the trauma that happened yeah. not mm-hmm. physical trauma but also the mental trauma that it was and so um needing to take steps towards resolving that for myself and I can get into it maybe a little later, but that's where, yeah, I reached out for mental health help and I attended Restore Retreat and um, was a part of that like intensive to to resolve some of those um, things that came up for me. Um, so, yeah. I appreciate that, that, that you share that because I think it wasn't right or wrong for you to go into survival mode. It was the way you were able to manage through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that point of coming back to it, right. And saying, this has really affected me. I never were dealt with it then. Cause I was surviving and I needed to survive that, but now I'm willing to go back. Right. And heal some of those things and go through that. And another point you brought up is the whole idea of um, your senses being heightened to things. Um, it's a, it's a point that I think people don't know much about, but trauma is, is stored in um, your body and in your, like your, it's sensory. So everything can come back to you in different senses, right? Like you mentioned the smell and the foods. Um, and so those are just signs of that kind of coming up, right? That, that trauma kind of coming up and wanting to be resolved, wanting to be addressed. So I'm really glad that you, um, you took that step, you know, to, to, address, you know, all the pain that you went through during that time, um, that you kind of stored in a little box. Cause like, it's too much right now to handle. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like, that felt like I just, I couldn't physically process like what I was going through and mentally and emotionally. I just knew if I'm going to get through this, I have to do it like one step at a time and there's going to be time to do it, you know? So yeah. during the six months, it was physically, I'm just making it through, just go. And then on the flip side, I was able to uh, attend to all the feelings and the mental part of it too. So, so Patricia, how about um, you sharing um, with our listeners how to manage mental health when dealing with cancer? Different ways people can do that um, at different stages. Yeah. So you know, learning uh, there are different stages in in a diagnosis. Uh, the first one would be learning that you have cancer. Uh, you know, as Rebecca has shared a lot, uh, when you are actually being treated for cancer, 
finishing your treatment. Um, you know, every, every step of it is different. And, you know, maybe learning that the cancer has come back or just uh, becoming a cancer survivor that changes you for forever, as we've mentioned. So um, I think it's really important just to um, listen to your body, listen to what you need. Uh, if you need support from other people, uh, get that. Sometimes, you know, I think Rebecca made a good point, you know, planning to go to the beach or doing different things. Sometimes cancer becomes the focus Mm -hmm. And also people, you know, your friends, your family, they want to know how you are. They want to ask you questions, but sometimes you don't want to talk about cancer. You don't want to talk about your doctor. You need a break from cancer talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So give yourself uh, permission to, to do that. And absolutely, you know, try to continue your daily life as much as you can. But if you if your body says you need to rest, then rest. Um, you know, I know Rebecca and I were talking about, you know, when we were in treatment, it was like, well, eat whatever you want, you know, because people tend to lose weight. So, you know, if you, if you, if you want that ice cream, eat the ice cream, you know, it's a, it's a good time then to really just a lot of self-care, I think. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, you know, as far as mental health, um, there are support groups. Uh, you can check them out. They're not for everybody. I think uh, you have to be careful uh, joining a support group because people are in different stages of, of their diagnosis. And so you may not be ready to hear what maybe other people are sharing, but finding your support, what works for you. Therapy uh, was very helpful for me just to reinforce coping uh, techniques that I already had, having somebody to talk to about mm -hmm. it um, mm -hmm. is, is also very helpful. Because I do want to just add one other thing. And even though we do have the emotional stages of cancer, we also have just the grief mm -hmm. uh, stages, just the loss, those feelings of um, sadness, uh, which can be confused with depression. But the depression can also be confused with symptoms from the treatment, because oftentimes the chemo treatment will cause fatigue, mm -hmm. will cause um, you know just not not having motivation, and so you kind of have to tease out: Am I? Is this from the chemo, or is this that I'm feeling depressed? Um, and I think a professional could really help you figure that out. So we have a short time left and I do want you to speak to how do other people help people with cancer, right? How do I help someone that um, is experiencing cancer when I don't know what that's like? Would you be able to share a little bit of that just real quick with, with our listeners? Yeah, I think one of those things that helped me get through treatment as well was just the community, people just showing up. And not expecting very much out of me, you know, like we're not going to go and do all these things or, but just people catching flights to come visit me, being with mm -hmm. me when I like, 
on my 24th birthday, I ended up shaving my head. And so all my friends flew in and they were with me and we had just like a celebration of life birthday party, you know? And so it's just those small moments of people just showing up. And I, I recall even on days that I was just not feeling well, friends just crawling into bed with me. A friend would just sit and read me a book because I couldn't even sit up and read for myself, you know, or my younger brothers just like sitting and watching a movie with me when I just was too tired to do anything else. But um, I think just like managing sort of expectations for like helping like whoever is going through it, like manage expectations that you're going to feel poorly. And for, for me, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do all these things. I have six months. I'm going to learn Spanish. I'm going to read all these books. I'm going to do. And I did none of it, you know, like I couldn't do any of it. And so um, I think as somebody supporting a a, um, cancer patient, helping um, that like cancer patient to um, kind of understand those things, like it's okay that you're not doing all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. That this is how you feel. And just sitting in that with them, I think is, was really helpful um, for me. Um, So, yeah, yeah. just show up and be there through it with them. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. It is time to close out the show. Thank you, Rebecca and Patricia for being so vulnerable with us and sharing your stories. We hope you learned about what it's like for someone going through cancer and how to help after listening today. And thank you for joining our show today. Again, if you joined this program midstream, you can find this show and others on podcasts at Wellspring on the Air or on our blog on wellspringmiami.org. The title of today's show again was Mental Health and Cancer Care. Encourage us and let us know how you are doing um, by sending comments or questions to on the air at wellspringmiami.org. It is time to wrap up. This is Nicole Alfonso with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter.